Chapter 11 The next day after school, Selina trudged home from the bus stop, her head buzzing with unhappy thoughts. Wind and rain swirled around her, making the normally dark Fear Street corner appear even gloomier. What's wrong with me, she thought. I should be thrilled. The audition had gone well. She had easily won the part of Juliet. With Allison out of the running, there wasn't even anyone else to try out. But winning the role this way didn't make her happy. Allison was in the hospital, and Selina felt responsible. The son had intended to hurt Selina, not Allison. Katie and Jake had tried to convince her the sticker on the wardrobe was only a coincidence, but Selina knew better. Someone had expected Selina to be crushed under that wardrobe cabinet. Selina's front yard was a sea of mud, and she slipped on the steps as she climbed to the front porch. As she unlocked the door, she wished again that her mom didn't have to work so much. She switched on the lights and climbed upstairs, hearing her footsteps echo through the empty house. She changed into dry clothes and settled down against the soft pillows on her bed, trying to take turns studying geometry and reading her lines for the play. Outside the wind howled, shaking the trees and rattling the windows, but Selina felt warm and cozy as she began Romeo and Juliet. How came thou hither, tell me, and wherefore? The orchard walls are high and hard to climb. Selina shut her eyes to fix the words in her memory. She was about to go on to the next line when the phone on her night table jangled. She set down the script and reached for the phone. Hello? Selina, it's me, Danny. For a moment, Selina sat silently. She could feel the blood throb at her temples. Hi, Danny, she finally murmured. How are you? I'm fine, Selina said impatiently. What do you want? Well, I, uh, don't know how to say this, he stammered, but you and I haven't gotten along so well lately. No kidding. I wanted a chance to talk to you, that's all. I thought maybe we could grab a hamburger or something. Did you eat yet? Are you crazy? Selina cried. I told you, I don't want to go out with you. Danny didn't answer for a moment. Then he exploded. Why not? he demanded. All I'm asking you to do is spend a couple of hours with me. I'm just not interested, Selina shot back. Don't you get it? Yeah, I get it all right. I get that you're too stuck up now to even talk to me. I think you were nicer when you were fat. Think whatever you want, Selina told him angrily. I don't want to go out with you. I don't want to see you at all. I don't appreciate your comment about my weight, and I'm sick of your dumb jokes, too. Excuse me? What jokes? Those stupid sun stickers you've been leaving all over the place. Did you actually push the wardrobe on Allison, too? Are you that totally sick? I told you last time, I don't know what you're talking about, Danny insisted. I would never hurt Allison. I don't even have any stickers. Yeah, right, Selena scoffed. Whatever. What is your problem, Danny demanded. Even if you don't want to go out with me, why do you keep making these stupid accusations? Well, Selena's breath came in deep gasps. Well, someone is trying to hurt me, she blurted out. Someone is driving me crazy. She slammed down the phone. She didn't mean to say that. She didn't want to say that. She didn't want to talk to Danny anymore. She grabbed up the script again, but her body was shaking too hard to read it. An unwelcome idea filled her head. Maybe he's not pretending, she thought. Maybe Danny isn't the son. Selina didn't really believe Danny had pushed the wardrobe on top of Allison. Even if he had thought Selina was sitting there, she had a hard time believing he would try to hurt her. Maybe it was a stranger, as Katie had suggested. Some stranger who had become obsessed with her. Selina forced herself to return to the script, but she couldn't concentrate. 
Forget Danny, she told herself. Just think of the play. She began to read again. My ears have yet not drunk a hundred words of thy tongue's uttering, yet I know the sound. Art thou not Romeo? Again the phone interrupted her. Hello, she yelled into the receiver. Selina, asked a deep voice, a new voice. Who is this? she demanded. It's Eddie, Eddie Martin, from drama. Her heart began to pound again, but for a different reason. Eddie, she cried. Hi, how are you? Well, I'm fine, he replied. I called to tell you how terrific you were in the tryouts today. Thanks, Selina answered. I still feel kind of bad about it, though. I mean, Allison didn't even get to audition. True, Eddie agreed. But the important thing is that she's going to be okay. I just talked to Mr. Riordan, and he said she could be back at school next week if everything goes okay. Excellent, Selina cried. That's great news, Eddie. Besides, the show must go on, Eddie declared. An awkward silence. I'm looking forward to rehearsals, Selina stammered. Most people would be really nervous, Eddie pointed out. Juliet is a big part. That's what makes it so exciting, Selina explained. The bigger the part, the more confident I feel on the stage. Wow, Eddie exclaimed. It's hard to believe you're the same person. You used to be so shy. You were always wearing baggy clothes and hiding behind those big glasses. And now you're about to take on such a challenging role, and you're not even scared. Selina's breath caught in her throat. How did Eddie know how shy she had been? How did Eddie know what she used to wear? She took a deep breath. Eddie, she asked softly, how do you know what I wore two years ago? Silence. Selina held her breath as she waited for him to answer. I must have seen an old yearbook or something, he said finally. I know a lot about you, Selina. You'd be surprised. Listen, he added before she could ask more. Are you busy Friday night? As a matter of fact, no. Good. I've got two tickets to a sneak preview screening near the college. It's a Chinese film. It's supposed to be very funny. Would you like to go? I'd love to. Great. Eddie hesitated. There's just one thing. Don't say anything to anyone in drama, especially Riordan. Huh? Why not? Selena asked. I don't think I'm supposed to be going out with the girls in the drama club, Eddie admitted, or in the high school. Why? You're not a teacher or anything. Well, no, Eddie replied, but why ask for trouble? Okay, Selena agreed. No problem. I don't want to get you in trouble. I won't tell a soul. Not even my mother. Cool. I'll pick you up around seven. Selena hung up the phone and stared at the wall until the flowers on the wallpaper blurred. She couldn't believe it. Eddie had asked her out. She'd never felt this way about a boy before. He seemed so interested in her. He remembered everything he had ever heard about her. Selina hugged herself and fell back against the pillows. She couldn't wait for Friday. A brilliant flash of lightning split the sky outside. Selina sat up startled. The house shook as a clap of thunder roared overhead. The lights flickered briefly and rain pelted hard against the windows. I'd better make sure all the windows are shut, Selina thought. She quickly checked her mother's bedroom, then ran downstairs and peered into each of the other rooms. The kitchen window was open a crack and the rain had already soaked one edge of the table underneath it. Selina hurried to close the window. As she yanked it down, she glanced out at the storm. A flash of lightning lit up a small bundle lying on the porch. Selina frowned. Had her mom left something outside? She pulled open the door, darted out into the pounding rain, and quickly retrieved the soaked package. Back in the kitchen she went, wiping rain off her forehead with one hand. The rain-soaked package fell apart, 
the brown wrapping paper dissolving in her hands. Selina breathed in a foul odor, heavy and sour. Oh, the odor sickened her. And then, when she saw what she held, she dropped it to the kitchen floor, and retched, and went running to the sink, gagging, covering her mouth, unable to hold down her disgust. Chapter 12 Rain pattered against the floor. Turning from the sink, Selina saw that she left the back door open. The rat lay in a puddle of brown wrapping paper near the door. The dead rat. Already half decayed, its wiry legs stiff, its patchy fur matted, its head. Its head chewed to a pulp, chewed by a cat or some other animal. A headless, dead rat. The disgusting aroma floated through the room, attacking Selina's nostrils again. She held her breath, fought back another wave of nausea. Who had sent it, she wondered, feeling so frightened so overwhelmed by the ugliness of it. Who had such a sick mind? Who had left such a sick gift on her kitchen stoop? She stumbled toward it, spotted the orange circle on the soaked brown wrapping, recognized the sun, the sun, the sun, again, and found the note scrawled on the inside of the wrapper, the rain-speared note in heavy black letters. Not too smeared to read. Selina, this is you unless you leave the play. I made a mistake yesterday. I crushed the wrong girl. But I'll get it right. If I can't be with you, no one else can, either. Don't be a rat, Selina, because... The rest of the words were washed out by the rain. Selina stared at the note, trying to study her hand. She read it again. Again. In the beginning, the notes had seemed part of a joke, but no longer. This has gone too far, Selina thought numbly. The son really wanted to hurt her, whoever he was. He had made a mistake when he injured Allison instead of Selina. There was no doubt about what the next part of the note meant. It was a clear threat. If Selina didn't quit the play, he'd kill her. She'd be a dead rat. Was he outside now, she wondered? Had he waited around to see her take in the package? She hadn't heard a car drive up. But then how could she hear anything over the pounding of the rain? Walking around the decayed rat, she peered out through the open door. The rain poured down, sheet after sheet. She saw only the rain, the darkness beyond it, broken by the bright flicker of jagged lightning. Selina slammed the door and locked it. A cold shudder ran down her body. She had to throw away the rat. She had to mop the floor. She had to rid the house of that sickening odor. And then what, she wondered. And then what do I do? Back up in her room, she tried to concentrate on the script, but the picture of the headless, decayed rat lingered in her mind, refused to fade away. I'll call Katie, she decided. I'll call Katie and tell her what happened. She always makes me feel better. Katie picked up the phone on the third ring. Selina, what's wrong? You sound terrible. Oh, Katie, I can't believe it, Selina cried. She poured out the story of everything that had happened that evening. When she finished, Katie remained silent for a moment. Then she let out a long sigh. I said all along that someone crazy was after you, she scolded Selina. But I'll do everything I can to help you find out who it is. We know it's someone in drama, right? So we'll keep an eye on everyone working on the play. Thanks, Selina breathed. But he knows where I live. He knows. Selina, do you think maybe you should quit? Katie asked softly. She sounded very frightened. 
if this nut is serious about his threat. Quit the play, Selena gasped. I can't. You don't have to give up acting forever, Katie suggested. Just a spring play. But this play is the most important one. It's my only chance for a scholarship to Northwestern. Well, you have to tell Mr. Riordan what's going on, Katie insisted. It's too serious not to tell him. What if he calls off the play? Your life is more important than the play, Katie told her sharply. You're right, Selena sighed. I'll tell him tomorrow. I'll tell him. Good, don't forget. Tell him first thing tomorrow. She paused. Are you okay? Want me to come over? Thanks, but I'm okay, Selena replied. I feel better just talking to you. Katie sighed. Well, the more you can keep your mind off this creep, the better. Which reminds me, have you thought about which videos we're renting for our sleepover on Friday? Oh, wow, Katie, I totally forgot we were doing that. I just made a date for Friday. For a moment, Katie didn't speak. Couldn't you change it? she asked. I don't think so, Selena replied. Why don't we do the sleepover Saturday instead? All right, Katie agreed. It's not like I have any other plans. Who are you going out with? Selena knew she was supposed to keep it a secret, but she couldn't keep the news from her best friend. You'll never believe it. Eddie. Eddie the intern. But he goes to college. Isn't he a little old for you? Not really, Selena replied. I mean, he's only two years older than me, and he's so sweet. I've only talked to him a few times, but I already feel as if I've known him my whole life, and I feel as if he knows me too. Well, you know what you're doing, Katie said dryly. I've got to get back to my homework. Okay, Selena replied. Thanks for understanding. No problem, Katie told her. But, Selena, please be very careful. I really think you're in danger. Katie's last words lingered in Selena's mind as she hung up the phone. Even if it's true, she decided. I can't think about it all the time. She propped the script on her pillow and dropped onto her stomach, studying the lines again. She couldn't seem to memorize a single speech. The rain drummed against her window. The wind howled, making the window rattle. Selena realized she couldn't concentrate because of the booming thunder. Selena remembered the night she and Katie had found the ladder out in the yard. She sat up quickly and looked out the window. No one there. No one is looking in, she told herself. But she stood up and closed the curtains, making sure they overlapped in the center. The lights flickered, and again Selena set the script down with a sigh. There was no way she could memorize any lines till the storm stopped. But maybe she could at least get a start on her history paper. She reached over to her desk and slipped her history book from the bottom of a pile of schoolwork. A deafening thunderclap shook the house. No one out there, she told herself. Stop scaring yourself, Selena. Stop it right now. But what if the stalker had returned? If he was out there, she realized, how could she know? If he broke into the house, how could she hear him over the storm? Selina shut her eyes to force away her frightening thoughts. But in her imagination, a silent dark figure appeared. She watched him steal into the house, creep up the stairs, approach her door. Selina's eyes flew open. Another bolt of lightning sent long shadows across her room. Stop it, she scolded herself again. You're letting your imagination run away with you. It's just a stupid rainstorm. She shut her eyes again. Maybe I should just forget homework and go to bed early, she thought. She settled back on the bed, trying to relax. The world outside flickered on and off as lightning crashed and rain thundered against the trees of the Fear Street woods behind her house. And then she heard something over the noise of the storm. The thud of heavy footsteps. Footsteps in her house.
Selina's breath caught in her throat. She sat up in bed, her heart hammering in terror. Had she forgotten to lock the back door? Had someone broken in through one of the windows? She sat silently, her breathing shallow, trying not to hear the rhythmic sounds. Thump. Thump. Scrape. The footsteps came closer. Someone was on the stairway. Someone was in the house. The sun? Scrape. Scrape. Thump. Closer. He was almost at the top of the stairs now. Moving silently, Selina slid off her bed. She unplugged her metal reading lamp. She grasped it by the base, felt its comforting weight in her hand. Then she stepped behind the door and waited. Chapter 13 Selina hunched behind the door, waiting, waiting for the stalker. Holding her breath, she gripped the lamp. A flash of lightning lit up the hall. In the white glow, Selina saw a shadow. She drew in a sharp breath. The stalker had reached the top of the stairs. She heard his footsteps over the hall carpet. Selina? Selina raised the lamp higher. Are you up here, honey? Selina felt a rush of relief so strong she almost dropped the lamp. Mom, she sobbed. You're home. She tossed down the lamp, plunged into the hall, and hugged her mother. I'm so glad you called my name, Selina cried. I was getting ready to bean you with my lamp, her mother laughed. Sorry I scared you. I know how you hate to be by yourself in a storm. The lightning knocked out the electricity in town, so the restaurant had to close, which means I get to see my daughter for a change. Well, I'm glad you're here, Selina said again. I have an idea, her mother said, smiling. Let's light a big fire in the fireplace, and I'll make a big pot of hot chocolate. Great, Selina agreed. While her mother built the fire, Selina prepared the hot cocoa in the kitchen. She loved looking at her mother in the firelight. She thought her mother was beautiful. Selina had inherited the same pale blonde hair and green eyes. As they sipped the hot chocolate, Selina told her mother about the spring play. You'll be a wonderful Juliet, her mother gushed. Even if I have to call in sick to work, I'm going to see you in this one. Great, Selina replied. I just wish Dad could see it too. So do I, honey, Mrs. Goodrich said softly. He'd be so proud of you. Selina nodded sadly. Her dad hadn't lived to see Selina on stage, had never known about her acting talent. I miss him so much, Selina told her mother. It's been three years, but I still keep expecting him to come home as if nothing had happened. I know, her mother replied, glancing away. But, you know, honey, he'll always be with us, both of us, as long as we remember him. They sat in silence for a moment, then Mrs. Goodrich turned to Selina, forcing a smile to her face. Tell me more about school, she urged. I want to know everything that's going on. Selina couldn't help thinking about the stalker, the dead rat, the ugly threats. Should she tell her mother? I've got a couple of term papers due, she said. But other than that, there's not much happening, except... What? Nothing, Selina shrugged. I'll tell Mr. Riordan instead, she thought. There's no sense worrying Mom. She's got enough to handle. I'm a little stressed, she told her mother with a smile. But believe me, the play is the only thing I care about. The next morning, Selina was hurrying from math class to English when she bumped into Jake, nearly knocking him over. Whoa, she cried. Sorry, Jake. I didn't see you. Hey, Moon, Jake muttered lifelessly. Is something wrong? she demanded. He frowned. Mr. Riordan just posted the cast list for the spring play. Really? Selina cried. She stepped up to the bulletin board to see. No surprises, Jake told her. You're Juliet, naturally. And Danny is Romeo. 
Yuck! Selena wrinkled her nose. I was hoping you would get it. I should have gotten it, Jake exclaimed with surprising heat. You saw the auditions. I was a thousand times better than that jerk. You were both good, Selena said carefully. Danny only got it because he's always kissing up to Mr. Riordan, Jake raged. I thought maybe once, talent would make a difference. But Danny always gets his way. He kicked a balled up piece of paper across the hall. I'm really sorry you didn't get the part, Selena told him honestly. But I'm surprised you even tried out for it. I mean, until now, you only wanted character parts. Is that what you thought? Jake cried shrilly. He glared at her. She took a step back, startled by his anger. Did you really think I was happy to take character parts while you were the star? He demanded. Well, I... I just assumed, Selena stammered, not knowing what to say. Jake scowled. We've been friends for a long time, Selena, but there's still a lot about me you don't know. Jake, I'm sorry. Forget it. Jake shook his head. He turned away from her. I'll tell you one thing. Danny isn't going to get everything he wants. Not this time. Jake, stop saying things like that, Selena pleaded. You're scaring me. You really are. He didn't seem to hear her. He had turned and was already halfway down the hall, his hands clenched into tight, angry fists. I'm psyched about working on the play, Katie said as she and Selena waited for the bus. I can't wait for rehearsal tonight. Me neither, except... Selena's voice trailed off. Except what, Katie demanded. Are you thinking of dropping out of the play? No, no way, Selena told her, but I'm definitely going to say something to Mr. Riordan. And who knows what he'll do. We'll just have to wait and see, Katie said. Selena changed up the subject. I'm really worried about Jake. I don't know why he's so messed up, but he's been acting as if I'm his enemy instead of one of his oldest friends. You mean you don't know? Katie asked incredulously. Huh? Don't know what? Selena demanded. Selena, Katie sighed. I thought for sure Jake had said something to you. I can't believe he didn't. Didn't say something about what? Selena shrieked. Will you stop keeping me in suspense? Well, I found out yesterday why he's been so weird and moody all the time. It's because of his parents. They're splitting up. Oh no, Selena gasped. Mr. and Mrs. Jacoby? I can't believe it. I guess it's been pretty tough on Jake, Katie continued. To tell you the truth, I'm really worried about him too. He's just been so unpredictable lately. It's like you never know what he's going to do next, and he's letting everything get to him. Well, that's true, Selena agreed. Like this thing with Danny. I know they never liked each other, but it's really getting out of control. Katie nodded. She stepped out into the street, searching for the bus. No sign of it. She sighed. So, you're really going to tell Mr. Riordan about the stalker? She asked, her expression turning serious. Selena nodded. I guess. Deep down, she still wasn't sure she wanted to tell the drama coach what had been happening. He'll have to cancel the play, she thought. And if the play is canceled, I won't get a scholarship. And that's the end of all my big plans. Don't say you guess. You should tell him right away, Katie scolded. I mean, who knows what that creep is planning next? Selena heaved a big sigh. What a bad news time, she thought. Jake's parents were splitting up, Danny was playing Romeo, and she was being stalked. The only bright spot in her life right now was her date with Eddie on Friday night. We've been waiting for you, Danny called from halfway up a tall ladder. Oh, Juliet, Juliet, wherefore art thou Juliet, he boomed. Kids laughed. Selena rolled her eyes. Give it up, she snapped. This was not the way she wanted to start the first rehearsal. She climbed onto the stage, trying to ignore Danny. He dropped from the ladder and landed in front of her. Listen, we have to work together until the play is over. Can't you at least try to get along with me? 
You're right, Selena admitted. I'm just a little on edge. She took a deep breath. And I'm really scared of the balcony scene, she added, glancing up at the ladders being used to build the set. Oh, right, Danny left. I forgot. Julia is afraid of heights. Maybe we should make it a basement scene. Maybe we should make it a basement scene, someone suggested from out in the auditorium. More laughter. Selena ignored it. She pulled her script from her pack and joined the others at center stage. Where's Jake? Mr. Riordan called. We need him for the first scene. Jake, someone called. Hey, Jake. Jake shuffled onto the stage, a scowl creasing his face. Hey, what's the big deal? He muttered. Come on, everyone, Mr. Riordan insisted. Let's get down to business. Now, act one, scene one. Let's just read it through. Concentrate. Concentrate, Selena ordered herself. On cue, she began speaking her lines, and within a few moments, she was into her part. Without even trying, she felt herself relax. Selena was surprised at how well the first rehearsal went. Once they got started, everyone was into it, even Jake. As she said her lines, moving about the stage, a part of her stayed aware of Eddie, seated next to Mr. Riordan in the front row. Was she just imagining his eyes on her, following her every move? Was he watching the others as intensely? During a scene break, she glanced down at him and saw him respond with a smile, obviously meant for her. As she read her lines for the next scene, she almost felt as if she were speaking them directly to him. Okay, people, it's going well, Mr. Riordan announced after about an hour. Now I'd like to try something a little different. Juliet, I want you to stand up stage and say your lines more quietly. I also want Juliet's father. Jake? Where did Jake go? Sorry, Jake called. I went backstage for some water. Next time, wait for a break, Mr. Riordan snapped. Anyway, I want you to stand over there. He pointed toward the rear of the stage. When she starts to speak, move up stage. Get it? Of course I get it, Jake grumbled. How hard is that? Mr. Riordan sighed. Is everyone ready? He asked. Selena stepped to where Mr. Riordan had indicated and began to read her lines. Again, the teacher called. Try to get more feeling into it while your father looks on. Selena repeated the lines. She loved this part of rehearsal. She loved the sense that she was a part of something that was always changing, always developing. Excellent, Mr. Riordan called. That was great, Eddie echoed. Let's try to get the same feeling in the next scene, Mr. Riordan instructed. Juliet, I want you to... His voice was cut off by a shrill scream. The lights! The lights! Selena recognized Katie's voice, gasped as Katie dove into her. The pages of her script flew out of her hand. Katie tackled her to the floor. Selena didn't even see the bank of spotlights fall, but she heard the crash, felt the stage rock, heard the shatter of glass, the crunch of metal, heard the high screams of horror all around, and knew that she was dead. Chapter 14 I'm dead, Selena realized. Katie and I, we're both dead, crushed under the big metal lights. Again she heard the crash, the crunch of metal, the splintering of glass, and waited for the pain. But she felt no pain, no pain at all. Because I'm dead, she knew. I'm dead now, floating in silence. She opened her eyes to see the horrified faces of her friends. Mr. Riordan leaned over her, shouting. What was he shouting? She saw Eddie, too, his face so pale, his eyes so wild. With grief? The sounds of their cries finally reached her ears. She swallowed. She breathed. Not dead. She tried to raise herself. No pain, except for a throbbing in her right knee. No pain, 
I'm alive. I'm okay. The lights fell to the stage and missed me. Missed me because... Katie. Katie? Selina raised herself to her knees, saw Katie lying on her stomach at such a strange angle. Her body twisted. Her arm... Her arm caught under a shattered spotlight? She saw Eddie on his knees beside Katie. Stay still, he was warning her. Don't try to move. Your arm. Was it crushed? Was it bleeding? Selina, dazed, pulled herself to her feet. I think it's just bruised, Katie said, groaning. Katie is okay, too, Selina thought. She watched Eddie gently examine Katie's injured arm. Can you move it? he asked. It's okay, Katie stammered. An angry red bruise had started to form an inch below the elbow. Mr. Riordan helped Katie to her feet. It's not broken, he said, but you're going to have a bad bruise. Jake, go get some ice from the cooler in the back. As Jake took off, Mr. Riordan and Eddie turned to the four spotlights, connected by steel rods. We check those lights every month, Mr. Riordan said, searching his head. How could they fall like this? How? I know how, Selina thought grimly. The stalker, the same person who pushed over the wardrobe cabinet. He did it. He sent the lights crashing down. He tried to kill me, and Katie saved my life, and got hurt, the second person to get hurt because of me. Getting a scholarship isn't worth putting my friends in danger, Selena decided. I've got to put a stop to this. Now. She turned to Mr. Riordan. Can I talk to you for a moment? She asked in a trembling voice. His face tightened in surprise. Well, I have to make sure that Katie, he started. I have to tell you something, Selena insisted. Something really frightening. Oh, okay. The teacher followed Selena to the back of the stage. As Selena led the way, trying to decide where to begin her story, she glanced back and saw Eddie staring at her, a cold, thoughtful expression on his face that startled her. Why is he watching me? Selena wondered. Why is he staring at me like that? 